Experience the beauty and emotion of Lent and Easter with Christianity Today's newest devotional, Easter, in the everyday. Thoughtful readings from a variety of pastors, theologians, and writers invite you into the emotional stages of Christ's journey, from humility to hope to love. Beginning on Ash Wednesday and ending at Pentecost, this digital devotional is perfect for individual or group study. Get it today at orderct.com slash easter24. We spend a lot of time on podcasts like this predicting the future in various ways. But as we do that, we know life is really unpredictable. And as the scripture says, we do not, uh, we do not know uh, the number of our days. And that's why it's a really important thing to have a will uh, to protect yourself and your family. Christianity Today has partnered with Epic Will to walk you through the entire process of creating a will in as little as 10 minutes. You don't have to have a law degree uh, to be able to walk through this, and that's why it's really helpful. So visit morect.com, that's M-O-R-C-T.com, will, that's morect.com slash will to get started today. other day, I had someone ask me about a funeral that she was going to, and she said, this is a funeral for an unbeliever, and I'm trying to think through what to say. And I think that's a really good question, important question uh, for all of us, uh, because we've been in this situation, almost everybody has been in this situation, and if you haven't, then you will be uh, in the situation. So when she says, uh, what I should say, um, really, that could that could be a number of things. It could be uh, the question of what should you say uh, when you're you're just there and you're going through the uh, you're going through the line talking to uh, family members. In which case, I think I think the response to that is simply to grieve with the family members and say, "I'm really sorry about the loss of your mother, or dad, or brother, or, or whomever it is," and grieve with them. I mean, the the scripture tells us to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Jesus gives us the example of uh, being grieved to the core at the death of Lazarus. And this was someone who obviously was a believer, but death itself, uh, Jesus sees as an enemy, something that ought to provoke tears uh, and grief. And so a simple, I'm here for you, I'm with you, I grieve with you, uh, be praying for you. All of those things are appropriate at a funeral. Question becomes more complex when you're dealing with someone who has to give a eulogy or someone who is a, is a, a minister who's actually preaching the funeral. And I have a great deal of sympathy here. Uh, the very first funeral that I ever did was for someone that I didn't know. Uh, someone who was a complete unbeliever, and not just an unbeliever, but someone who uh, who apparently had lived a pretty awful life because the family members uh, in the background, pallbearers that, in that case, uh, were standing at the back as we're about to go in for the funeral, and one of them looked over at the grieving family and said, well, bless their hearts, they're better off because he was the meanest man I ever knew. And I thought, you know what? 
if at the end of your life, your pallbearers say that you're the meanest guy they ever knew, you have lived a rough life. And so here I had to preach this this funeral. Uh, There was another time where the daughter of a woman who had died uh, said to me, you know, I'm trying to think through what to say in the eulogy, and I really can't think of anything kind to say about my mother except the fact that she, she kept the bird feeder stocked in her backyard. She, she cared for the birds. I said, there's, there's nothing that you can find. No, she could, she could find nothing. So I understand a little bit of the, of the tension that happens there. On the other hand, I've been to many funerals uh, where someone that I knew to have been an unbeliever is there, and the the pastor will stand up and talk about how Aunt Flossie is in the presence of Jesus now and uh, has graduated on up into glory. And what the obviously what the pastor is intending to do uh, is to comfort the family with the idea of heaven for the loved one. The problem, though, is it becomes really clear to people that what you're doing is simply using heaven as a means to an end. So you don't really believe what it is that you've been saying about uh, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ, about the necessity of, of faith in Jesus Christ and repentance for, for sin, because once someone's dead, that's all over with. Uh, so that, that sort of pious lying about the life of a, of a person uh, really does, in my view, great damage to the gospel. That doesn't mean, though, uh, that we go in the exact opposite direction. Uh, I was at a funeral one time where the person uh, had died and, and they had multiple uh, pastors. And the first pastor stood up and said, you know, this is someone who's in heaven right now and rejoicing with Jesus. The second guy was an independent fundamentalist uh, sort of pastor who said, you know, I keep hearing all of this about how this guy is in heaven right now. And yet this guy never had time for the church, never had time for Christ, uh, never was willing to repent of his sins and put his faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, I just want you all to know that he, uh, at 3.45 a.m. last Tuesday, busted hell wide open. That's not an appropriate word either at a funeral. Instead, I think what we need to do at a funeral is a number of things. First thing is whether you're giving the eulogy or whether you're officiating or whether you're uh, in some way uh, leading this funeral, the first thing is to recognize and to honor the dignity of that life. Whether it's a believer or an unbeliever, this is somebody who's created in the image of God. This is somebody who in some way uh, was imaging God. This is someone who operated within uh, the common grace uh, that God gives to to all of humanity. And so when we find something uh, that's praiseworthy in this life, in, in the life that has died, what we're saying is this, this life really mattered. God displayed himself in some way in this person's life. And so I'm affirming this person as created in the image of God. And I'm affirming all the good things that God did through this, this person. And, and in many cases, even someone who has made a total wreck of his, his or her life has had those times where God has used uh, that person in some way or the other uh, in order to bless other people. Finding those things as an aspect of gratitude 
to God. Thank you for the fact that you gave us this person. Thank you that you used this person in the following ways. It is completely appropriate to do at a, at a funeral. Now, when it comes to the issue, uh, now having said that, be honest. And so don't make up attributes uh, about this, this person who has died. If you do, all that you're going to communicate to the people who are hearing you is not comfort. You're just going to communicate the fact that you're a liar. And, and they're not going to, to believe in, in anything else that you said. And so if you have somebody who was a very miserly uh, person, you don't want to get up and say what a generous person this is. If you had somebody who harbored bitterness, uh, you, you don't want to get up and say, oh, this is somebody who was so forgiving. So you want to be truthful in the things that you say. That doesn't mean that you have to get up and say, you know, this was a really bitter woman. Or, or this was a really unforgiving man. No, you, you, you don't need to say that. You, you leave those things in, in silence. They don't, they don't need to be said. There are some cases where I think it's appropriate to raise the sort of issue that everyone's thinking of. I was at a funeral one time for someone who had been a really, really short-tempered uh, guy. Lord had used this guy in all sorts of ways, but everybody had had a run-in with him, and every one of those run-ins were really scorching. And so his son simply said, hey, my dad was not the easiest person to deal with. He was kind of a prickly guy, and there was laughter. You know, kind of relieved laughter that took place in the in the room because the point of the eulogy was not to settle a score with his dad. Uh, what he wanted to say is, hey, I know you all are thinking about uh, some difficult times that you had with my dad, but let's also remember the ways that God that God used him. I think that's that's entirely appropriate in that in that case. When it comes to the eternal destiny of the person who has died. When you're dealing with a believer, of course, uh, what you're going to do is to is to draw on all of those scriptures of hope, and so you're going to, to say we grieve, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. You're going to talk about resurrection uh, in Christ, resurrection from the dead. When you're dealing with an unbeliever, though, you don't have uh, all of those things. So what do you do? Well, I would want to say don't presume that the person is eternally lost. Don't presume that the person is eternally saved, but don't presume that the person is eternally lost. And, and the reason that I say this is because salvation is through faith. Abraham believed God and God credited it to him as righteousness. We receive salvation as beggars. And Jesus has told us that doesn't matter uh, whether we received salvation very early in our lives and lived a life for Christ or if we cried out for mercy in Christ in those last seconds or, or nanoseconds before we go out into eternity. He's, he's given us uh, the parable of the workers in the field. And the, the ones that came on early in the day, and then the ones who came on at the end of the day, being paid the same, the same wage. So we ought to recognize that. We also ought to recognize the example uh, that our Lord gave us of the thief on the cross. And, and this stays in my mind constantly uh, any time that an unbeliever I know dies or any time that I go to an unbeliever's funeral, is hearing a message in Southern Seminary Chapel probably 20 years ago 
where uh, the preacher uh, from, from Wales is preaching on the thief on the cross. And he, he gave the illustration of a man who had been uh, horseback riding, and he was an unbeliever. All his family just had given up on him uh, as a hopeless uh, unbeliever. He was thrown from the horse, believed the gospel midair, hit the ground, and went into a coma for some weeks. And when he woke up out of the coma as a Christian, his family was really shocked about this. And they all said, if you had died, we would have assumed that you were in hell. And this preacher said, you know, if the thief on the cross had any God-fearing relatives, they probably assumed that he was under the judgment of God. They, They probably were the most surprised people imaginable when in paradise that they find themselves in communion with this murderous thief that they'd given up on a, a long time ago, probably. Well, that's always a possibility. Don't count on it. If you're an unbeliever right now uh, listening to this, it's a very, very dangerous thing to say, well, I'll just, uh, I'll just uh, come to faith in Christ in those last seconds on my, on my deathbed. That's a very dangerous thing. First of all, you don't know uh, how much time you have. Uh, you, you don't know whether or not your death is going to be lingering or sudden. And you also need the grace of God in order to even recognize uh, the, the truth of the gospel and, and the presence of, of Christ. And so don't presume upon that grace. Repent and believe. But as we're thinking about other people, there's always the possibility that in those last few few seconds or moments, the, the message that has been given, the, the seed that has been planted may have come to fruition. And so let's, let's hold that at least as a possibility uh, when, we're, when we're thinking about unbelievers, which means we weep, it means we grieve, we don't pronounce, though, uh, definitively that this person is in, in hell. And I think what that also means, though, is that we proclaim the gospel. Now, you don't have to get up and say, Uncle Ronnie's in heaven or Aunt Flossie's in hell. You don't have to do that. Uh, what you have to do is to stand up and say, death is something we've gathered here today because of death, this death of this person that we knew, this person that many of us loved. We're all going to face death. Death is an enemy that's coming for us all, and you can't outlast death. You can't, you can't fight death with money or with health or with anything else. And so you're going to ultimately face death. How do you face death? Well, you, de- you face death as a sinner who's in need of forgiveness, and you face death as someone who receives the life that comes through the shed blood, broken body, and uh, resurrection life of Jesus Christ. And so preach the gospel. You, you, you don't have to uh, narrate and adjudicate every aspect of this unbeliever's life in order to say to people, there is hope for you no matter what it is that you've done. You can find salvation, and today is the day of salvation. I think that's the way to handle an unbeliever's funeral. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts.